Hey, 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 what do you say? I say welcome to another episode of Confessions of a PYP Teacher. This is Lou Gerlock. I'm so glad you're back here with us. Today we're going to talk about framing of the PYP. About a year and a half ago, I had an aha moment while co-presenting a workshop with um, a wonderful leader. And we were putting all the elements of the PYP together. And I instantly saw it as a house. And you'd think I would, you know, would have presented this framework at the beginning of the podcast series. I know, my bad. I'd initially intended to do it, to be honest. But what ended up happening is a little thing called COVID happened. And everyone started panicking about virtual learning and how to manage it with uh, authenticity with inquiry, um, because a lot of people were feeling overwhelmed by the process of online learning, as well as, you know, trying to maintain the validity of the PYP. So that's where I shifted gears. And then, of course, I had to add agency in action with it, because they are so linked. You can't have inquiry without agency in action. And I didn't feel right about separating the two. So now that, you know, 19 episodes later, we can breathe. We now can go back to the beginning. (laughs) Seems like a meandering journey, but hey, that is what this is all about. So let's try to frame our thinking of the PYP by looking at it as a house. And with every house, the thing that, you know, every home inspection the first thing that they look at is the foundation because the foundation is the most important part in my mind because it holds everything up and it provides a level surface for everything to build upon. And it also takes a lot of pressure. I don't know if you've ever thought about that. The rest of the structure is pushing down onto that foundation. So it better be strong. On top of, there are outside forces due to inclement weather that push upon it and sometimes um, rapid change like earthquakes, right, will shake it to its core. And as such, the foundational layers need to be items that are deep rooted in the IB philosophy and reinforced school culture. The first layer of our foundation, yes, the first, consists of the learner profile attributes. The learner profile, the reason why so much emphasis is placed on them is because they are more than terms. They are the embodiment of an internationally minded student because they are a disposition of the way that we look at the world. Did you know that the learner profile is the one of the only elements that follows an IB student from pre-kindergarten to graduation. So why is this learner profile so important? Because they lay the foundation of a shared culture through shared language. With diverse backgrounds of our educators, of our students, the learner profile unifies us as a community And it provides us a purpose and a common language that we can use throughout the program. 
And it doesn't matter what your role is in the, in the school. We're able to grasp whether we're a social worker or a counselor or someone who supports with English or additional language development. If we're a PE teacher, computer specialist, it doesn't matter our role, a teaching assistant, an administrator. The learner profile gives us all that universal language that we all can attest to in providing students guidance on what is appropriate behavior and what is not. And more than ever, we need this in our world. These soft skills, as oftentimes, I don't feel that they're soft. I feel like they build iron, steel, young people who we can, who can withstand the things that the world throws at them. And they build up a resiliency because they believe in themselves. Woo! We could talk about this forever, but we're going to move on to the second layer of the foundation, which is international mindedness. So the learner profile is works hand in hand with international mindedness because if we're demonstrating the learner profile, we are internationally minded. We strive to become internationally minded because it's the embodiment of the IB mission statement in our school, and our community. It allows us to look beyond our perspective of the world and examine how other people are doing things. And it allows us also to recognize that those differences are okay the way that we dress, the way we eat, the way we worship, the way we celebrate traditions, all of that, that difference adds such a richness to the world. And it helps us to understand people better and why you do those certain things. Oh my gosh, when they reveal those things to us, it's like, wow, it adds further layers of complexity and uniqueness and fascination to our world. And international mindedness is at the heart of building relationships that can withstand these obstacles that are facing us all, like conflict, poverty, you know, all of these things that are attacking sustainability, that are attacking our systems. The learner profile and international mindedness together, they lay that foundation and help us to build everything else up. This is something to precaution, even as I as a coordinator, because you feel the pressure to go in there and build your curriculum right away, especially if you're new or if you're being pulled from the teaching staff to become coordinator, you need to take time to build and reset your school culture and relationships. Because the reality is this, friends, if you do not do this and build the school culture and build relationships, without relationships, no one's going to trust you, right? And I can speak to it as from a teacher, as a coordinator. It takes a lot of trust to take on the PYP. It takes a lot of trust to be in an established school where units are set and then the coordinator or the team say, hey, we want to change some things up. This is no longer relevant. 
And we have to have good standing relationships that we can say those things. And that's what the inter- that's what international mindedness does. All right. So now we've laid the foundation. Now we've got to frame out the house so it stands tall. So we want to build a strong floor that will withstand a lot of wear and tear. And this floor will span the entire house to every little nook and cranny. And our flooring takes shape with the transdisciplinary themes. And as you know, we teach according to six, but early years, pre-K and K, four units of inquiry that are derived from our six transdisciplinary themes. And as we're trying to, you know, build these relationships, build this school culture, and we move forward to building a curriculum that's laid by these transdisciplinary themes, we have to think of ways that we can come together and share our experiences and share our passions to help students to think conceptually and connect all of the content areas together. No teacher, no specialist, no assistant should ever feel like they're on the side because that right there, you're negating your first part of building relationships. Okay, so now that we have our flooring laid, we want to go up. And the studs and beams truly hold up a structure. And in other cultures, it might be metal rods because you're going to be pouring cement. Whatever it is that's holding up your structure, they are what create the rooms in the home. They they help to shape the physical feel of the home. And concepts hold up the house vertically. These are big ideas that are timeless, can happen in any time in history, past, present, future. They're universal. They are experienced by every living soul on this planet. And they're abstract. They're broad enough that it takes a minute to think of multiple answers in order to um, feel like you've accomplished your task. They connect all of the ideas in our various content areas and bring them together in a cohesive unit. Without concepts, our units would be thematic. They would be departmentalized and the content would be unrelated. They truly are the anchor, or the, as they say, the nuts and bolts of everything we do. And they help students to make generalizations about the world around them. So if they're so important, why is it that concepts are not so prevalent in so many units? It's because they're abstract. <laughs> they're universal. They're timeless. They're hard to touch. They're hard to grasp hard to wield. And so a lot of teachers say, eh, I'll do it on the side. But they really should be every aspect of what you're planning. You're looking from the conceptual lens. And we're going to do a whole big series on this. So don't worry. Okay. So now that you've framed everything out and you've got walls up and they're painted, now we're ready to design. But did you know our house has two layers or two levels? Okay, our first level 
it, or in America, we call it floors. So our house has these two floors. The main floor, the main level, or I should say ground level for those um, um, other friends, that that's what they call it, ground level, has been designed to showcase the approaches to learning, or we call them the ATLs. These are skills that are explicitly taught so our learners become independent young thinkers. Their aim is to ensure that students understand, can explain, and replicate processes to new situations. This is what we call as transfer. If you notice, the ATLs are the first floor or main level. It is what we're showcasing to the world. When they first walk into our classroom, the showcase is the student learning, the processes, the way they're thinking. Every ounce of our classroom should reference this. Our unit wall should have examples of student work. Our bulletin board should have processes, not written pieces or worksheets. It's more, how are we capturing it on a visible thinking routine, a graphic organizer to help us come up with our process so that they can connect to the next level. It's almost like a portfolio that's on your walls of one single unit. Then we go to the second floor. The second floor has been designed specifically for you as educators. They're called approaches to teaching or ATTs. These are various teaching and assessment strategies that we employ to ensure that the big ideas are understood while, de while delivering content-driven objectives. So they include inquiry, concepts, collaboration, local and global context, differentiation, and assessment. If you notice, I pulled up concepts out of the ATTs because I do feel like they hold everything up, but they are part of that group, okay? So this is where all your strategies and the ways that you're getting the most out of your students, this is where it's housed. But guess what? Remember, the first or main floor is the learner-centered, not teacher-centered. And this is why when the PYP enhanced um was enhanced and they created our new guide, PYP from Principles into Practice, they broke it up into three sections. The titles are The Learner, Learning and Teaching, not Teaching and Learning, The Learning Community, all focused on the learner, hence why our main floor is focused on the learner. Woo! Now, or What's holding it all together? Because when you think about what's holding it all together, that's going to be your roof, right? That's going to be your attic structure. Whatever that's holding up the concepts, um, that's going to keep everything intact so there's no damage to the home, so no weathering comes into the home. That ensures that the inhabitants of the home can freely roam with little fear of being exposed to the outside elements. Agency and action act as our shields in holding the program together.
They anchor to each component of the structure to keep everything balanced and secure. That's the power of agency in action. And what's really interesting is agency in action transcends through all aspects of the programming. It connects with learner profile, getting kids to choose their own attributes. It relates to international mindedness because it, they're demonstrating those relationships. It goes through with our transdisciplinary themes. Are we getting them to help us choose what they want to learn? Concepts, are they, we're getting them to help us pick the concepts that we're going to focus on. In designing, my gosh, the ATLs are completely driven by our students because we need the ATLs to act as a success criteria for them to make goals where they look at the ATLs and say, hey, what area do I need to develop in, in this, you know, during this unit? Powerful stuff. And then when we're looking at the ATTs, how can we get students to drive those processes or co-design those processes? Woo, so much. So as we look around in our neighborhood, we're going to see different PYP houses. Let's be real. There's some that are crafted over time Taking such care reflects the owner and the people who live in the house. So beautiful. You know, there's craftsmanship. There's beautiful nooks. There's, you know, places where your imagination can't believe that someone crafted such a beautiful home. And then there are others on our block, as we know, that are flashy and put up quickly and look nice, but if you look beyond the surface, you see quick, you see cracks in the wall because it's starting to settle already. You see finishes that are not quite there. It looks good from afar, but as you come and zoom in, you don't see much craftsmanship. But this is our reality that we're living in. Because it also could be because of the journey that the people that live in that house, that's all that they can do. That's the best that they can at this moment in their journey. So we can't really judge them too much. But we do know of some that just slap it up to slap it up too, right? That are flipping houses. They're quickly looking to flip to get the logo on the door. And so, you know, we're going to have different variations, and the most important thing is we can go to other PYP houses to get inspiration, but we should never judge theirs against ours because we're all on a different journey. We all, and it's okay that ours looks unique because that's what we want. So thinking about our house, what kind of house do we currently live in and what are some of the repairs that may need to be made to make our structures stand tall. So as always, that's another episode of Think Chat, and we'll see you next time.